0: Praise the Lord. This is Pastor David Moore of Make a Difference Ministry. I want to share with you today from my book, Chapter 1. The title of my book is, God, Where Did You Go? My subtitle is, I Didn't Leave You, For You Left Me. And I want to begin to share this book with you uh, because the revelation. That is in this book is so profound and so powerful that I know without a doubt in my mind it will set you free. It will set you free. The truth and the revelation of God's word will set you free. Amen. Now, excuse me. The title of my book is called God Where Did You Go. And my subtitle is I Didn't Leave You me and the significance of that title is is the the part of us leaving him we know according to scripture in hebrews the bible says he never leaves us nor forsakes us but it's also important to understand that we must draw nigh to him According to the word of God, we must draw nigh to him. It is very critical and very important that we draw nigh to him. Amen. So that's basically what this book is about. It's about those who were in him, who were in Christ, who were on fire for God, who were uh, being used by God and then all of a sudden somewhere down the road something happened or something shifted and uh, and we want to talk about that because it's very important there's many people today that backslide so to speak they they go into a place of apostate they go into a place of backsliding Backsliding. Backsliding is uh, the definition I like to give about backsliding is they're turning away from Christ. So there's still opportunity to come back to Christ. Okay? Because you're in a process of turning. But then there's also that part of uh prostate or backslidden and that means you have slidden back into sin or back into habits and you and I both know when once we do that Satan is going to eat us alive but the bible also when it talks about being converted the word conversion means to turn so that means when we are converted by the holy spirit we we turn toward Christ so I believe in the that place of uh, excuse me again in that place of backsliding. I believe we could be converted back to Christ. Now those who have backslidden, that it's going to take a little bit more work because of them backsliding way back into their sins and Satan is definitely not going to let go of that grip and he's going to do everything he can to bind them up. And I've, we know without a doubt one of his goals is for them to die in sin. <laughs> you know, he wants them to die in that sin so he can uh, keep a hold of their soul, so to speak. But thank God that we have the person of the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. Now, I've been in places where i backslid. backslidden. I've been in places where I've gotten mad at God and I turned away from God. And then I come back to God. Thank God that I still was open to the wooing of the Holy Spirit. I was still open to the convicting power of God in my life. Now, we want to start in our book in chapter one. We're going to go through these chapters. I have already preached this before on the podcast here, so I I just felt to redo it again, and we're going to go through this chapter, Uh, I may have to break this chapter one into three segments, but that's fine, we'll just take our time and break it down, so uh, chapter one is called God, or where is your presence, very important question to understand, and something happened to me, one morning and uh, and I want to read to you from my book. We're going to be teaching from my book and reading the words that I put down in my book because I believe with all my heart that these words are anointed of God. You know, they're not in, I believe they are inspired by the Holy Spirit because I, I'm not a writer. I don't, I'm not a grammar expert, but. I do know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I do know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now. Starting out reading from my book. It says. One morning. I woke up. About midweek. 1030. And the Lord spoke to me. And said. That some of his children. Do not know. K K. N. N. O-W, do not know that his presence is gone from them. Then I said, Lord, what do you mean? And he answered and he said that some of my children think that they are functioning in my presence, but they are not. It is a false anointing because my anointing will destroy every yoke and set you free now let me pause there what this is saying to me what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me is some don't know that K, K, uh, N O W is very important to understand because they do not know And the reason is that they don't know is because they don't have an intimate relationship with Him. How many of you really know without a doubt in your mind you know when you don't pray you don't feel God's presence. You know without a shadow of a doubt in your mind that if you don't pray and you don't talk to God you know that His presence has either weakened or It's not as strong as it was. That's because of that intimacy with Christ. That's because of that relationship that we have. In Him, it's weakened because we're not fellowshipping with Him. We're not praying to Him like we used to. I like what a powerful worship leader said uh, Sunday. He said, People need to understand, and I'm just gonna say it in my my wording, that people want God's presence. Or they'll say, hey man, look, I know God's presence is over there in that place, but you know what? I want God to move me over there into that place and, and have him just come over here and touch me, and you know, or this and that. What do I why do I have to do something in order to get his presence? He should just he just come touch. He should just come and, you know, manifest himself. And what what we really need to realize is this is God expects you to draw nigh to him. God expects us to draw nigh to him. So many people have broken that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Excuse me. They don't pray like they used to. They don't study his word like they used to. So that intimacy with Christ is broken. And then they try to get up. When someone comes to their home. And they say, okay, we know this person's a Christian. Or we know this person's a a born-again child of God. So they, they come there needing help. Needing ministry. And they ask for it, and the people they're asking it from, it's not anointed enough because they've broken fellowship with God. They can't pray them through because they're not praying through. You get what I'm saying? Very important. Now, <clears throat> in my book, I went on to say, as I was sitting at the table, looking out the window, the Holy Spirit withdrew himself. Uh, from me about one and a half hours as I sat there now and be honest with you uh, what I said in my book here is I said it seems like like I was all alone I remember this time it was so real it was like I knew the security of my salvation when I first got saved I knew I had that security I knew that I was going to heaven without a doubt in my mind. But that day that I felt him leave me, scared me. Now, I wasn't doing anything sinful. I wasn't, you know, I just got out of bed. This is an experience that I had with him. And this is what people need to understand. This was an experience so that I can share what the Holy Spirit wanted me to to feel so I can help others understand where they are in Christ now this experience I mean I felt like the the security that I had of going to heaven was gone and it was scary it was very scary it was very uh, the word I'm looking for it was very sobering you know and and I prayed and, and you hear here what i said in my book this is this is what happened to me listen to what i said very powerful it felt like i was in a dark place then i cried and prayed saying where is your presence take not your presence from me like david did in psalms i'm telling you i was in tears when i said this i was in tears crying asking him please Please, 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 please come back. Please. It was so real. Then immediately, his presence came back and showered down on me like rain. I never, and I mean never, want to be without his presence again. I was out of the shadow of the Almighty. Not a good place to be. Have you lost your anointing? This is something that God revealed to me. This is something that I truly. Emotionally. Experience. And I'm a kind of person. That I'm strong or adamant about. Draw nigh to God. And God will draw nigh to you. I'm very adamant about. uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But there are times when. We break that fellowship with Him. Now, I'm not saying God didn't leave me and left me in my house all by myself, because I believe He was still here, but He was allowing me to experience that His anointing was gone. And some people don't know how to get back, they just don't know how to come back to God, repent. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's, it's uh, condemnation that is uh, pre- preventing them, you know, from coming back to God. This is very important for us to understand this because we need to know how to minister to them. And I believe the key, the number one key in, in ministering to people in this state is you got to be patient with them you got to be persistent. you got to uh, do it in love. You cannot do this in a critical spirit. A judgmental attitude because they'll turn away. We've got to minister to them in the love of Jesus. Now listen to this. I'm going to ask you a question. And this is from my book. Why if. We could not feel his power, his love, his presence in our lives. Could you imagine feeling God's presence being used by his glory? Seeing people saved, healed, and delivered. Then his presence being gone. That's, that's, That's a sober thought. Think about that for a minute. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine being in God's presence, being in his anointing, being in revival services, being in in the power and the presence of God and seeing cancer fall off of people, seeing God's anointing change people, seeing God's power come into people's lives and deliver them? Seeing salvation, souls after soul, coming to God, people that are in witchcraft, people that are in demonology, people that, that are in, in homosexuality and lesbianism, come to God. You see that. You experience that. But then, somewhere down the line, His presence has left your life. His presence has, has departed from you. All of a sudden, his presence is gone. That's scary. I want you to think about that. That's a very scary and sobering thought. Now I've been in this predicament where where his presence was gone from my life. I've literally experienced this because I broke fellowship with God because I refused to read his word and I refused to to allow him to convict me And, and, and I refused to appropriate God's word in my life therefore I couldn't feel his presence anymore see because I broke in fellowship very important notice what the Bible says in Psalms 34 8 the Bible says oh taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man that trusteth in him notice that phrase oh taste and see that the Lord is good that tells me right there Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So it is up to me to make that decision to taste God. It is up to me to to make that choice to be converted. When when I sense his convicting power in my life, it's up to me to taste and see that God is good. And I promise you, he is good. I've tasted God. I've tasted his anointing. I've tasted his power in my life. And he's good. I've tasted the grace of God. I've tasted God's mercy. And and I'll tell you, I've, I've been in times in my life or predicaments where God was sternly rebuking me. But he did it out of love. I felt that. But it tasted so good to be convicted. I was like, "Oh my God! Thank you, God, for giving me the opportunity to repent, giving me a chance to say I'm sorry, giving me this opportunity, this privilege to come to you and repent of my sins." <laughs> you you better believe it. This is this is awesome experience. It's a wonderful thing to do. Go taste and see that the Lord is good. See, I have tasted the Lord. His peace, love, and joy are good. If it had not been for His grace in my life, where would I be without Him? See, I would be a person without hope. The Bible says, Hope deferreth, maketh the heart sick but when the desire cometh it is a tree of life Proverbs 13 12 listen to me this is very important scripture now I've had some people tell me well you got off context you got off context from of what you're truly trying to say And but when you look at this particular verse of scripture it's uh, it's not out of context because the things that we hope for take a long time to come right and it sickens the heart. We know that. Now look at the, look at it this way. But when it comes to pass, it comforts our hearts with heavenly joy. Right? Now the Bible says, let's add another verse to this. Psalms 37.4 Delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Right? Now, look at it in this angle. My heart's desire Was to be back in his presence. Back in his love. Where I belong. Safe in his arms. See my heart's desire. Is to never. Be without Christ again. In my life. Now the word desire here. In the Greek. It simply means hope. It's a picture. Of what you're desiring. From God. See, when you hope something, you got to have a picture. An inner image. And that inner image was, I didn't want a house. I didn't want cars. I didn't want a million bucks. I wanted his love back. I wanted his anointing back. I wanted his grace back. And I got to you, when I delighted myself in him... And I delighted myself in the Lord according to Psalms 37.4. Notice this. When I delighted. So when I was delighting, I was drawing nigh to Him. And once I began to draw nigh to Him, He began to draw nigh to me. Now I had to fight a lot of emotional baggage. I had to throw away negativity and I had to say, No, 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 condemnation. Get out of here. No, 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 no devil. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. I'm pressing. I'm a pressing. I'm a pressing. And I tell you, when His presence came on me, uh, my Lord, it felt like an eternity, though. But I tell you, once I felt His presence, oh, my God, I don't want to ever, ever be without Him again. I really don't understand how a person can be on fire for God and backslide but it happens people get on fire for God and and are used for God for his glory and they backslide and I understand that but I don't see how they can stay away too long they really have to be messed up in the head (laughs) in order to stay away from, from his presence like that you know what I'm saying this is, very, this is very important to understand. We need to know how to minister to these people. Now listen, listen to what I said in my book. Could you imagine not having God in your life? I mean, look at your life. Compare it to where you were before you got saved. To where you are now. Could you imagine not having God in your life? What gets me is, some have tasted of his heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come and walk away. Never to come back again. I don't understand that because I know from where I was before I got saved to where I am now I never want to be without his presence and I know when I ask you could you imagine not having God in your life I bet you said no (laughs) no I didn't want to go there because I know I cannot go there I don't want to be without his presence in my life again now in here in Hebrews chapter 6 I want to read Hebrews chapter 6 and and I'm going to read it from a different version here it's the uh, I believe this is the uh, let me see here what translation this is Uh, I'm normally a King James person but this is the Holy Bible today's new international version and we're going to read from the King James version First, and then I'll read from this translation second but uh, the King James in my book we read it says therefore verse 1 in chapter 6 leaving the principles of doctrine of Christ let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of doctrine of baptism and of laying out of hands and of resurrection of the dead And of eternal judgment. And this will we do. If God permit. For it is impossible. For those. Who were. Once enlightened. And have tasted of the heavenly gift. And were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. And have tasted the good word of God. And of the powers Excuse me. Of the world to come. It says here. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified themselves the son of God afresh, fresh, and have put him to an open shame. For the earth, which drink in the rain, that cometh often upon it, and bring forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which bears thorns and burrs Is rejected. And is nigh unto cursing. Whose end. Is to be burned. Wow. That's scary. When I look at this verse. This is scary to me. This is sobering. This is a very powerful. uh, Scripture to be read. When you look at it in this fashion. It just. it, It just wakes you up. It really wakes you up. Now I want to. To break these verses down and share the fivefold fold apostate and the end of apostate. Now apostate and apostate means one who abandons or has abandoned one's belief. Such as one, one's religion or cause. Now this is very important to understand. Because there's a lot of people today... That have abandoned their faith, and some that will literally die in that state. They'll die in that state and go straight to hell. But there are some that can be converted back into intimacy with Christ. But I want to show you some things that I learned here by studying this particular chapter and studying in uh, chapter. 5 at the latter chapters of the verses here. But in here it says, number 1, verse 6. Let me read from the, uh, my other translation here, because this is very important. I want you to understand this. In verse 6 it says, in this particular verse, uh, where are you? It says here, and you have fallen away to, to, to be brought back To repentance. To their loss. They are crucifying the son of God. All over again. And subjecting him. To a public disgrace. Now in other words. When these people fall away. It says. If they shall fall away. If they shall fall away. they, When they come back to God. They are literally putting God. To an open shame. But it doesn't mean they can't come back to Christ. It doesn't mean that they cannot be born again. It doesn't mean that they cannot repent. You know, but a lot of people, when they do repent, they, they think, when they come back to Christ, they think they can start off right where they were. They're not realizing that they have to re-develop uh, themselves, re, re develop their faith in the Word of God. They can't just start off A preacher can't just repent and come back to God and start off preaching. We all know that he has to really get back into that intimate relationship with Christ first. That's very critical. But now listen to this. How could they fall away from the experiences of verses 4 and 5 if they never had them? Very important question. Well, let's look at verse 4 and 5 here in my other translation It basically says, It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of God, or of of the Word of God, and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance, to their loss, they are are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to a public disgrace. Now this is a judgment that happens. But now notice this. The language is past tense, not factual. So it cannot be denied that the ones referred to did at one time have Experiences, but they fall away, or they they backslid. So these people have very, very important to understand. They have experienced salvation before. They have experienced conviction. Very important. We need to really understand this particular verse in these particular settings of what the scripture is saying number two in the Greek here it says to fall aside apostize, fall away it means to throw or overboard all faith in the experiences of the gospel and deny them men here are warned that such is possible could you imagine people throwing their faith away throwing their everything about god's word in the trash i mean it's very difficult now we do see atheists people who were atheists people who who were uh, born again fall away we've seen them fall away and we've seen them atheists backslide or or, you know reject God at one time maybe they did believe but but they backslid an atheist was a believer at one time and we need to understand that we're talking about people who once believed we're talking about people who once were born again those who have experienced the love of God the grace of God the power of God the the the, the, the anointing of God they experienced this and they ended up becoming apostate or apostized because of bitterness maybe they abandoned their faith because of unforgiveness maybe they couldn't forgive an individual person that hurt them or a preacher showing abuse or a preacher a minister showing his authority in such a negative way that it caused them to reject Christ it caused them to push Christ away we need to understand that it can happen but to abandon your complete faith and never come back again I I believe they can repent you understand what I'm saying they can ask God to forgive them it's very important for us to understand this Very important, says here, number three, to renew them again to repentance is impossible. Now this is very important to understand because I think this is critical. The reason given is that they crucified themselves, the Son of God, afresh, and put Him to an open shame. This is the final act of aposty. They publicly judge Him as an apostate and worthy of death. That is, they do not believe in him or his atonement any longer. This is very dangerous to be in. Since such faith is the only thing that can renew them again unto repentance, it then becomes impossible. How could they be renewed again to repentance if they have never experienced repentance before? The word again means once more, another time, anew. This requires repentance once before. Now listen to that. This is very important. To get this in your spirit. We are running close to time. Where we're going to have to do another part here. And I have to uh, do another segment on this. We're running closely out of time. But it says here. That they were rejected. Because those who don't renew their faith. It's not saying they cannot come back to Christ. This is not saying that they can't. But the reason why some don't is because they want that same old experience. You got to play that same old song. It's got to be that 12 o'clock at midnight and it's got to be raining outside. It's got to have that same experience in order for them to truly sense God's presence. And they're so stuck on that emotion that they cannot come back to Christ and therefore they're going to come a place where they will be rejected judgment coming and it's coming to the house of God first and I promise you we will be judged and we will go through a judgment and in this judgment it is serious that we be careful that we do repent and ask God to forgive us of our sins so now I can't finish the last two I wanted to, to finish, but we'll start the last two on the next segment. So be looking for part two of this. And uh, we did a couple already, so I will put on here a recap. Thank you, and God bless you, and have a great day. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor David Moore difference want to recap on uh, the, the subject I've been preaching on off of my book, God Where Did You Go, my subtitle, I didn't leave you, you left me, chapter one, where is your presence, we left off from uh, Ephesians, excuse me, uh, Hebrews chapter six, and I'd like to start if I possibly can and read this whole setting. Uh, We're going to read chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Hebrews chapter 5. I want to start reading from verse 11. We're going to read down into verse, chapter 6, verse 1 through 12. And then we'll just go from there. Laying the foundation. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. We're going to read through chapter 6. 1 through 12 I'm reading from the uh, New Anastasia version translation and uh, I really like this translation but it says we have much to say about this but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand in fact Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk belongs or being still an infant. He is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by consistent use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Chapter 6, verse 1, Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, and of faith in God, instructions about cleansing, riots, or writs, but laying on hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment, God permitted, we will do so. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to public disgrace. land that drinks is the rain often fallen on it in it and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is far receives the blessing of God now this is talking about Christians who are fruitful Christians who are producing the fruit but now here's the Christians who are not producing the fruit but the land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people continue to help them we want each of you to show the same or diligence to the very end in order to make your hopes sure we do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised now as we look here we we left off at in verse 8 in the King James Version it says rejected now for those who don't bear fruit those who don't repent of their sins and allow themselves to come back into that place of repentance back into that place of salvation that they will be rejected see it's very important to bear the fruit of the love of God. To bear the fruit of faith. To bear the fruit of patience and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and meekness. It's very critical that we produce these fruits until the day Jesus Christ comes. And, and if we don't do this, we will be rejected. Now this is a very important thing. A statement that we need to really understand because because judgment will come God's judgment will come the, the when when God judges you he judges us according to our works he judges us according to his word do you understand what I'm saying now in first Corinthians I want to read to you from a different translation. I want to read to you uh, from the English version. I want to read to you first uh, Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start here at verse 27. Now, Paul is, is, is speaking here on a very important subject in We're talking about being rejected. We're talking about being rejected. Uh, God rejected us because we're not bearing fruit, right? His judgment is a righteous judgment. And and as we look here in this English version, I like what it says. He says, Paul says, I box not as one beating the air. But I bruise my body and keep it into subjection. Least having called others to the contest, I should myself be disqualified. Now Paul here in his setting of scripture, in Corinthians chapter 9, he's talking about this race. He's talking about this Christian race going forward in the kingdom of God And then all of a sudden, he gets a whole bunch of people born again. He gets a whole bunch of people saved. And then all of a sudden, he backslides. It's it's like a disgrace. It's, It's like you're putting God to an open shame. And those who were saved, got saved underneath your ministry, so to speak. Those who got saved underneath uh, your ministry they they are backslidden or excuse me you backslide and they still say that's sad that's an open shame and this is what Paul is saying that that a lot of these people will be rejected because they refuse to repent of their sins they refuse to get back right with God they refuse to get back right in the grace of God amen and we, we, we see here That judgment will come upon those who don't preach, or who preach this gospel, and they backslide, and they know better, and I promise you, judgment will come to them. And we need to repent, and not try to repent to get back that emotional feeling, but we need to repent and ask God to forgive us of our sins. And ask God to come into our lives. Asking God to to forgive us of our sins. And and ask Him by the grace of God to wash us and cleanse us. So that we can continue bringing many souls into the kingdom. You understand what I'm saying here? So there is a post state of those who will die in that state. They'll die in that sin. They will uh, allow themselves to be in sin and remain in sin and, and they will allow themselves, allow themselves to to give in to sin and stay in that sin and die in that sin and that's a sad state to be in. I definitely don't want to be in that state. Now I want to read to you uh, number five concerning these scriptures here. The five thing I wanted to share with you is... The end of apostates. The end of apostate is judgment. Listen to this. Just like that which bears thorns and burrs is burned. So apostates are to be punished in eternal hell. This is very important to understand... Because the Bible says judgment begins in the house of God. See, we all want to talk about grace, 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 grace. But we want to just throw away the judgment of God. God still will judge, He will judge us and He will come back to judge us according to our works. The Bible says, that there'll be two books open, and we need to understand that because judgment's gonna take place. We're, it's because grace is here in Jesus Christ through the blood of, that He shed. We're forgiven of our sins. Don't mean we're not gonna get judged. We will be judged. This is very important to understand when you're in the state apostate. It's time to repent of your sins. Don't allow yourself. To stay unforgiven, Stay in that state of uh, offense. Stay in that state of bitterness. Repent. And get back to God. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah uh, chapter uh, chapter 66, uh, verse 22 uh, through uh, 24. The Bible says, As the new heavens and the new earth, that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord. So will your name and descendants endure. From one new moon to another, from one new Sabbath to another, all people will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. They will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. Their worm will not die, nor will their fire be quenched. They will be loathsome to the whole human race. My God, I don't want us experience that. I want to repent of my sins. I want God to forgive me of my sins. And I want God to, to cleanse me because I don't want to die in that state of apostate. This is very important to repent of your sins on a daily basis. I mean, I don't practice sin. I don't live in sin. But when I feel like there's something that needs to get, I need to get rid of, I don't waste time. I get rid of it. And you should do the same. And I hope you do. And it says here in uh, Matthew 25, verse 46, the Bible says, "They, Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now this will happen. Just because we have grace does not mean we're not going to experience judgment. Judgment's coming, and we should not be deceived. We should not allow doctrine, false doctrine... To creep into our minds and hearts and deceive us because judgment is coming. People should not be afraid of, of preaching the judgment of God in hellfire because it's coming. And those who don't repent of their sins are going to be in some serious trouble. I promise you that. Now, listen to this the Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 6. Verse uh, forty-three through forty-nine, the Bible says, "And the disciples picked up twelve baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. Uh, the number of of the men who were had eaten was five thousand. meaning Jesus made his disciples." get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bathsheba. While he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up on a mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was on the land, and he saw all the disciples uh, 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 straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake, and he was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now listen to this. This is very important because what we need to understand is in this setting, I think this is talking about our everyday life. When when we as individuals go through life, you know, and then storms come, situation rises, things happen in our life. And what we should learn from this lesson, what we should learn from this is we should cry out to Him to save us. When we know we're in a predicament, we know we're living a life of sin. I mean, we know that we're practicing unrighteous acts and and we know what we're doing is not right. What we need to really learn from this story is we should cry out to Jesus for help. We should cry out and ask God to forgive us of our sins. God, we... We come to you and we know that we're not living right. We know that we are struggling. We know that that, uh, things happen in our life in a negative way. We need your grace. We need your love. God, we need you to manifest yourself in our lives. We need you, God. That's what we should be doing. We should be crying out and asking God to forgive us of our sins. Wash us of our sins. Cleanse us of our sins. Amen? And, and instead of running from Him, we should run to Him. Now, in this uh, verse here, our translation is English version, Revelations 14, verse 9 through 11, it says, Let him who has ears to hear listen. Whosoever is destined to go into captivity, goes into captivity whosoever shall kill with the sword shall surely be killed by the sword here is the endurance and faith of the saints now listen to this this is very important to understand and I say another beast ascended from the land and he had two horns like a lamb and he spake like a dragon And he exhorts the full authority and and the first uh, beast before him. And he makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose dead stroke was healed. Now listen, they're worshiping the beast of the Antichrist. We understand here that they're worshiping Satan, the Antichrist spirit. We need to be very careful that we don't get caught up in a back slidden state now we need to understand this this is very important don't stay in that state of apostate anymore it's time for us to repent of our sins it's time for us to, to break our pride or humble ourselves so to speak and get back to God Get back to the throne of God, get back to repentance, get back to that intimacy that we used to have before we ended up in this apostate. Listen, I, I I just think this is very important. Let me let me read this statement from my book before I share something with you personally. The writer's argument is that if one could fall away. He would thereby crucify a precious Lord. Since that cannot happen, for Christ died once and for all, right? The fallen away could not be renewed to faith and repentance. Now such is never the case, for Christ is always available to the repentance. Center. We know that, right? We know that God's available, so these people can come back to Christ. They can repent and they could be born again. But now I remember a situation that happened to me where I was really hurt and offended by some people that I had with me in my church. I had them in positions of authority, and I was using them and training them and teaching them. And when I needed them the most, they turned their backs on me. And it broke my heart. And I got mad at them. And I got very bitter. I got very angry. And I cried out to God for deliverance. But you know what? It took a prophet to open my eyes. God, it took a prophet to speak underneath the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to open my eyes. Now let me tell you something. I was in this situation for two years. I quit reading my Bible. I quit praying. I quit studying. I even quit worshiping. I'm talking about, I used to sing songs, soundtracks, CDs, and stuff like that, cassette tapes. I used to sing all the time. Worship all the time. Play worship music. and Sing and speak in tongues. And and because of what happened, I quit everything. I quit reading books about the Bible. I quit reading the Bible itself. And when my mom wanted to watch preaching, it would aggravate me. She would want to watch preaching on television. I'd say, okay, here. I'd get up and go somewhere else. Well, watch it with me. I don't want to. Why would I want to watch something that? that I want to do and I want to accomplish and I want to have a church and pastor and minister to people but no one wants to help me, so forget it. And I get so mad. Then I didn't care if, if if they were hurting. I was so bitter and I was so angry and I didn't want them anymore in my life. And I, And I even I mean, I went so far to some things that I'm not going to say that I had in my mind. But I promise you, they were so ungodly that I didn't care anymore. I don't, God. I was so hurt that I would literally say, I don't care if I go to hell. And I allowed myself to stay in this state for a long time allowed myself to be in this predicament. This book is an experience that I went through emotionally. Now I'm going to write a book on it. That's my goal. But if God when God's ready for me to do it. I'm going to title this book The Island of Patmos. We all know that John the Beloved in Revelation was on an island called Patmos and this island was like it was kind of like Hawaii but but it was volcano rock and you walk on this island you walk on these rocks they literally cut your feet they're so sharp that you can't sit down you can't you know you can cut yourself so barren on no fruit nothing no vegetation just, just desert hard rock not a comfortable place to be in. and in my mind I was in this place and I tell you it was like I was so mad at God man I just wanted to take my fish and punch him in the face if I could I was wrong, but I, but my heart was bitter, and I was at this place where I was in a state position, and I was rejecting my, I was pushing my faith away, literally, wasn't even trying to pursue it, but deep down in my heart, I was like, I love you, God, I want you, And I'd run to him and times I would just cry out to him, but then the pain would be so real I'd just walk away. Get so angry. So hurtful. I could just visualize it right now, talking to you right now. I'm I'm sitting here thinking about that experience. It was very dreadful, man. And at times I couldn't feel God or couldn't sense God because I wasn't praying. I wasn't talking to God. I was at a serious situation. I couldn't help anybody that came to me. And I had people come to me and needed my help. And I didn't want to help them. I didn't care less about their dumb problems. Leave me alone. Just leave me alone, stupid people. But I sit and listen to them anyway. And I try to give them my help. Once they try to tell me that's not what I'm looking for, then I draw back and go back into that mindset. And I would be like, you know what? Screw you. Why you even come here for? Why you bugging me? Leave me alone. And I'm just in this state until that prophet spoke to me and that prophet said to me excuse me that you've been in this for two years I've been in this state for two years two years I've been in this emotion for two years how in the world could I allow myself to be in this predicament for two years. But then all of a sudden the power and the grace and the love of God came in my heart. And I stayed up that night from 1230 to 330 in the morning arguing with God that he was a liar. I was not in this for two years, God, until during that whole time all of a sudden it's like God took me in the spirit and from the day that I went into that state of mind to where I was was exactly two years I couldn't believe it how in the world did I get from here from point A to point Z in two years Two years I allowed myself to be in this predicament. What if I'd have died and went to hell? what if what if in between that two years I would have died? would I went to heaven from the age of 16 being born again to where I was then in my 40s. Mid 40s. All that time, you think about this for a minute. From the age of 17, God taught me how to read, taught me how to write, taught me how to spell, taught me His Word. I flew in the anointing, was used by God to prophesy, to lay hands on the sick. I mean, God used me, gift after gift after gift, anointing after anointing, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, all the way up to the point where I was preaching and pastoring, all the way up to the point where I hit that valley. From that point to point Z, I was lost, had no hope, no anointing. I was so full of, of anger and frustration. The weakness in my flesh that I had, the habits. Boy, I went full forth in them. I put down all the restraints. I just gave up. And in my mind, I could not understand two years felt like it was just yesterday, two years I've been in this predicament, and when the Holy Spirit revealed to me through the prophet, opened my eyes, spiritual revelation, spiritual understanding came to me, and when I began to realize and see, that's when he began to speak to me. So you can imagine, from 1230 to 330 in the morning, I'm arguing with the Lord, that can't be, that's not true, and he showed me, now that's being converted, that's what conversion is, some people can get converted quickly, but for me, I argued. for some people, they argue with God. For me, it took me from 12.30 to 3.30 to realize that I'm lost. That I'm in a place of a apostate and I need to get back to God. And I'm sitting here in this predicament. Finally, I repented. I had to choose. I couldn't feel nothing. Didn't feel the anointing. Didn't feel anything. I just repented by faith. And I just started doing what I knew to do. I started getting back into the Word. Started getting back into prayer. Started getting back into relationship and worshiping and studying His Word. And I began to get back into that situation where I am today. Now, I'll be honest with you, that was about five years ago. And. Since then, after I gave my heart back and I got back in there doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I had open heart surgery. I had a heart attack. Three years ago. 12.30 at night. That's kind of funny, ain't it? I had a heart heart attack. Called the ambulance. I was having one. Called the ambulance and so forth. And they tucked me in. Eleven and a half hours surgery. I had four arteries plugged. 280%, 250% blockage. I'm alive today because of God's mercy. See, I repented of my sins. Thank God. And I came back to God. You can come back to God. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't think there's any possible way you can get back, Listen. You can come back to God. You may not have the same experience. You may not experience the same uh, anointing. It may not even be the same song. But if you just repent right now by faith. And say Lord I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being uh, out in this predicament. I know God you can forgive me. The Bible says. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. We have a choice. Repent or not. It's all up to you. If you're waiting for him to bring his presence, then repent. And he will come like a river with refreshing waters. God bless you.